When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracas. Today I'm joined by Greg. How are you, Greg? Doing well, man. I'm joined by Shaq. How are you, Shaq? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks. And I'm good, joined by Nee. How are you, Nee? It's been a tough one, man. I'm last night. Arsenal took a stupid ill and my Warriors lost, so it's been a bit rough. You know, you know that's how Shaq and Nee is. Um, I'm all right. We're so depressed. <laughs> hey, hey, look. All I was saying is this, United won 9-0 yesterday and Lake Show was still coming, bro. It's hard. Lake Show, talk about your heat. Lake That's show so shameless, so shameless, man. Talk about your heat. My man had the most depressed what? I'm all right I've ever heard. What about you, bro? Lake Show, we're here, though. Let's go. Wait, it's not on the agenda yet, but the heat stink. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> we can talk about agreed, it. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We can talk about it later, maybe, but, you know, that's all right. Um, cool. So, uh, I want to start off with a bit of levity, I suppose. So last night, uh, it was last night, wasn't it? Uh, LeBron James had a game against, I say LeBron James, the Lakers had a game against uh, the Hawks. And there was an altercation between LeBron and a female fan. Um, I think you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the story was that her husband, um, who, no, who nobody knew was a husband at the time, um, was uh, um, heckling LeBron. Um, so like, LeBron decided to heckle the guy back. And then his wife stepped in and told LeBron to shut the fuck up and all stuff, that sort of stuff like that. And LeBron basically got her rejected. And then she went on Instagram and started talking about how do you talk like this to a 25-year-old woman, blah, 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 blah. LeBron's a bitch, da, 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 da. Um, so with all that being said, I just wanted to get you guys' um, thoughts on whether or not the fans should be able to chat shit to the players and should the players be able to chat shit back to the fans? Just open discussion, curious. I think the fans, the fans should be able to express themselves, but be able to do so respectfully. Like, mm. there's nothing wrong with booing a player or, you know, low-level stuff like that, but there's no need to be throwing personal insults. Or I know slightly off topic, there was a game versus the Cavs and there was a fan wearing, like, a T-shirt with a slogan that was uh, to do with Delonte West and LeBron and stuff like that. Like, there's no need for stuff like that. But, you know, I'm all for players heckling back if they feel like they're being unfairly, unfairly treated by fans. You saw Westbrook do it either last season or a few seasons ago when he was in Utah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm all for players responding or, and retaliating. Quickly, is it fair if, if, if I'm the woman, yeah? Say if I'm, if I'm Karen, yeah? And my husband heckles a player, he play heckles back and then I heckle the player and I get ejected, is that fair? Here's what you're saying. Like, yeah, true. I'm I'm all down for, as as Greg said, like heckle if you want to, talk talk your talk your talk like it's fine, but be expecting to get it back first of all and be respectful at the same time. Like the the they've also brought up like past tweets and Instagram posts of this same guy. I forgot his name. So I think it's like Cliff or something like that. I don't know. He's a weirdo, but he always talks about LeBron. Like he's got a picture of LeBron sitting on the desk, like, oh, he almost sat on my wallet and my phone. Bro, I <laughs> like 
it's weird. Like he's just a really big LeBron here, and in one of his posters, you can tell that I really hate this guy. Okay. So there's past, I guess, beef with that guy and LeBron. I'm gonna guess, but it just got out of line at times. Get out of the stadium, man. Lakeshore trying to win. So <laughs> and that's kind of my thing. To be honest, I actually don't really care and what happens to the fan or if if fans boo players. I mean, I find it kind of odd that that you've got a grown man sitting in the stands going boo at another man. I find that kind of strange. I can't really lie. Um, but if that's what you want to do, and then I guess like the player goes, like I don't know, like he claps back at you or you get ejected from the game or you get thrown out, then suffer the consequences, isn't it? It is what it is. Mm. Fair, I agree. Um, on a different point, uh, slightly related, maybe you lot can tell me because I haven't done the due diligence, I'm not going to lie. Um, are some fans allowed back into games now? Like what's going on with... With that. Does anybody depends know? on the state, right? Um, so like in Atlanta, there's fans in Cleveland, there's some fans in Miami, I think there's some fans, but other states and, and cities across America, there's no fans. Okay, fair enough. Be interesting to see when they open that back up. Okay, moving on to the next topic. Uh, so the NBA Union are working towards a one night event this year for the All Star tournament, um, on the 7th of March in Atlanta. Um, I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on whether you actually care about this, because obviously I know that uh, the All-Star weekend was kind of like a thing that was like draining in popularity and people didn't really care much about it. Um, so what do you got? Do you think about it being like a, now being a one-day event instead of over a whole weekend? Cause I'm just going to be honest, isn't it? This is where the season ends. <laughs> Basically, yeah. You think well, James Harden is going to Atlanta and staying yeah, in his hotel sorry, room? Yeah, facts, facts, facts. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're kidding yourself. yeah. It's chicken wings and hookers all around. So, yeah, I expect it. And it's not even that important, to be honest, man. Like, I don't really care for the All-Star game. The All-Star weekend, like, there's nothing that's really that interesting. Apart from the dunk contest, when you've got certain players that are part of it. But apart from that, it's pretty much like a non-event. Like, I look at it and look at it like international football. It's like just like a waste of weekend or sport. Mm. See, I'm, I'm kind of opposite. Like, if you asked me last year and this happened to the season... Then I'd agree with you, but because of the new team system and how they structured the All Star Game, it actually made it somewhat competitive, and I enjoyed watching it. Mm. Um, I don't. I think the best thing that they can do for the dunk contest is to cancel it because I ain't no one trying to watch that no more. Three point shootout. <laughs> didn't they say they're just, they're just doing like a skills contest and a game? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Right. Want I the think that's like the worst really. contest out of all of yeah, them. The no one watches that. I want yeah. the three point contest. I'm trying to see sniper snipe. Like you know, it's exciting. I enjoy mm. the three point contest. And I want to see the All-Star game in the same format as it was last year. Then mm. I'll be happy. The skills... Co- Bro. I mean, although, like, Miami's got the reigning champ of the skills contest and dunk contest, like, you know, it's cool, but... I'm pretty shit with it, so... That's what it is. Okay. Fair enough. How do you feel that Wade stopped a fellow Heat member from winning the dunk contest? What do you mean that he won? Who is it that won? Um, last year. Oh, no, he rigged it. Derek, Derek Jones Jr., bro. Yeah, who was supposed to win? Aaron Gordon, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that guy uh, from Magic, oh. his name is the light skin one. That <laughs> yeah, ignore, ignore me, ignore me. I've yeah, got it confused. Bro. And Bam got the skills challenge, bro. And you know, how did Bam get skills? Challenge? <laughs> 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 no one cares about that, man. Same way you got to the, to the finals, bro. Where's your team? Uh, what about you, though? <laughs> Currently, the best got you there, Shaq. Currently, the best team in Easter Conference. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> Who? The Heat. Heat apparently. <laughs> this is what he was saying last time. I don't buy I don't buy this. 
you got ringers playing for you every night. <laughs> to understand how you can be the best. Have the Eastern Conference chip right there, bro. I'm not trying to hear anything. Late show, what's up? We'll set this another time. <laughs> so, if anybody wants to um, hear our thoughts collectively on the pod about the All Star Game, I suggest you listen to the pod on from Sunday, which Greg was on with Mariah and Yas. And they uh, gave like a little All Star preview. Um, who might make it, who should make it, that sort of thing. So, yeah, give that, give that a little listen if you're interested in all that. And let's move on now to the standout games. So, uh, I'm curious to talk about this one, actually. Um, so, the Nuggets beat the Jazz 128 to 117 on Sunday night. Nikola Jokic put out a standout performance that everybody was talking about. Greg, I want to come to you first about this because I know you are staunch defender of Joe Embiid in the Joe Embiid versus Nikola Jokic debate. So can you yes. give me a brief brief summary of why you think that uh, Embiid is the better centre? Well, I think on the on the game, like the Jazz versus the Nuggets, you know, Jokic went berserk, put up 47 uh, points. I think he was four for four from, from downtown. Um, you know, just the full offensive arsenal was just on display inside, outside, passing, um, the Nuggets, you know, walked away with the victory, ended the Jazz's, uh, I think it's 10 or 11 game win streak at the time. Um, the Jazz are still top of the West. I think they were, you know, kind of tired from uh, from winning. You know, obviously winning that many games consecutively takes its toll on you. Uh, none of the Jazz members really shot the ball well. Um, but onto your question about Jokic versus Embiid. I mean, look, they they both won player of the month uh, for the month of, of January. Um, they're both playing like, you know, elite big men. I think the biggest difference between the two is defence in the fact that Jokic is not a good defender at all and Embiid is one of the better defenders in the league. And I think, I mentioned this on the pod uh, several times before, but I think, you know, different things on the basketball court are, are more important for different positions. Um, you know, basketball's game where all five players have to play offence and all five players have to be have to play defence. It's not like American football or, or, or British football. And the fact that Embiid as a centre is one of the premier defenders in the NBA and then Jokic can't play defence at a high level is really what sets them apart. And that's bigger than, you know, Jokic's passing. Their scoring from an offensive standpoint is, is similar statistic, statistically. Mm. But yeah, really the defence is what separates them. And to have a centre that, that isn't a good defender means that your team isn't going to be good defensively. Whereas if you have that's... a centre that... If you have a centre that is good to elite level on defence, even if the surrounding players... Are somewhat subpar on defense, that team can still be somewhat uh good on the defensive end. That's a myth, by the way. Yeah, yes, it's not Lam Jokic isn't a bad defender, he's not a bad defender at all. He, at, he is. at worst case scenario, <laughs> worst case, he's serviceable. I mean, like he's got what a 1.8 steals a game this year, and he's at like, really high IQ, so like he tends to read the defense well and he cuts out passing lanes. The one problem he did have last year in the playoffs is that. He was getting exploited in pick and rolls, but he's improving that this year. And like, there's only so much he can do physically because of his limitations, like, his limitations because of his body and his speed and stuff. But if you actually look at him play, and I've watched quite a few Nuggets games this year, he's been pretty good in defense. Like, like he's covered the pick and roll well. Um, like he's coming mm-hmm. to challenge. He's protecting the rim pretty decently. His, his help, de- his help defense has been pretty good. Um, so Jokic is definitely not a bad defender at all. No way. And I would no, say he, he is. He, his steals, looking at his steal numbers doesn't mean he's a good defender. Like Iverson no, but, was Iverson was leading the league in steals. You know, Curry's led the league in steals. It does not mean that they're they're good defenders. Um, 
And then in Jokic, like we know he gets abused in the pick and roll. Yeah, he shed some weight compared to last season and the season before that, but he's still not a good pick and roll defender. But, you know, more prominently than that, as a big is that like his low post defense is, eh, it's okay. Rim protection, shot changing, like it's it's not levels like the other guys in the league, like but it's not Miles Turner, like Rudy Gobert, like Embiid. It's at worst league average, at worst league average. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, where they, that's where the Nuggets are defensively. 15th in the league, they're their average. Yeah, but Shaq, Shaq, I wouldn't call it defining in terms of the debate of Embiid and Jokic. My thing that I like to see is they're both mainly known for their offense more than anything else. And what you have to subside for Embiid's offense to flourish is a lot of different to Jokic's. You need to give him time in the paint to bounce the ball, pound it, maybe do a fadeaway shot. Maybe he's going to stand up to the guy and not drive to the rim and just try and do a midi. And when your shot's not falling, which every NBA player gets some nights, what then happens? Embiid on offense, shot not, fa- shot not falling. You don't want to see him on the ball at all. Jokic, I'm comfortable with him standing on top of the key, doing some hee-hee magic, magic Johnson type of passes. Like he offers, he's offers so much versatility offensively that I think that puts him over the edge with his subsidiences in defense. Like his defense isn't anything compared to old Embiid's, we know that, and it can be a defining factor to an extent. But what can be done offensively with Jokic on your team and what you can build around with him is crazy and it's borderline limitless when it comes to offense. Nah, I disagree. The difference between Embiid and Jokic defensively is bigger than them offensively. And the fact that you can look throughout NBA history, you if you have a center that's good on offense and poor on defense, you ain't winning no championship. You can I have a center this- that's you can have a center that's mid on offense and good on defense and GMs and players are going to take that player and build around them a lot easier than it is the other way around. I just want to chip with Tristan Thompson and he's trash. And plus, I just want to say, if you look at the, like, the last few teams to win the chip, um, like you had the Sorry, Warriors. I'm talking about the center as your best player. I should clarify <laughs> oh, that. Okay, yeah. I was about to oh, <laughs> names. I was names ready, bro. <laughs> But like saying that, it's a different game to the NBA. Like, like there's so many teams that are so like focused and I'm um, oriented on like, the offense. If you look at the Nets, I mean, like I don't see any defensive piece there that's gonna like glue that team together. It's gonna be more of a collective effort. And I think with coaching now and like with team defense, and to be honest, like if you look at most teams, like the best defenders now are actually the wing players, not particularly the center. And plus, if you look at Utah, they got the reigning defensive MVP or whatever in Gobert. And he got absolutely washed by your kitsch. And, yeah, and then good, won good defenders can still get dominated, especially in today's NBA. But that's what I'm saying. Because he offers so much offensively, like he's literally Nuggets' whole system, there's like pretty much nothing you can do to stop him offensively. I mean, especially it, in the postseason. It starts and ends with defense, though. You ain't winning no championship if your defense isn't isn't tight. The last team, I think, to, to win uh, a championship with, with like a non elite defense was like, what? The old one Lakers and they had Shaq and Kobe. So like unless, I mean, unless you're gonna tell me you have the second best, you know, shooting guard and second best center of all time going berserk in the playoffs, that's what it needs to 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 win a championship with a with a, a mediocre defense. Like, you know, I'd take Embiid over over Jokic every day of the week. All right, cool. But I personally think if you swap Embiid and Jokic right now and you put Jokic in the Sixers, he gets them further. In certain playoff series, no way. In the last two years, one hundred percent. No way. 100%. Both teams no still way. trash, bro. One hundred percent. Both teams are still trash. Yes. <laughs> they're not trash at all. Right, them six nah. are still going nowhere. But point guard, that yeah, whatever. 
But I, I, I personally take Jokic over Embiid. His offensive output is just insane. And Embiid is very wishy-washy on offense as well. He's a hot and cold. What do you mean he's wishy-washy? This season has been... Yeah, this he's season hot. he's been beasting. Yeah, but he's hot and cold. Like, yeah, this season. How long has he been in the league for? We're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about now. But I mean, okay, like, it's been okay. more like, well, like, I'm three, four good months from Embiid. If you, mm. asked us, if you asked this question three, four months ago, everybody would say Jokic. So I don't see how four good months of execution can warrant him being a better player than Jokic when Jokic was showing it more I mean, in the look, playoffs. We're, we're talking about who's been the better player this season. And in terms of who's been the better player this season, to me, the answer is Embiid. Okay, well, for me, it'd be Jokic because he's like got the highest rating and efficiency by yeah. far. The second yeah. person is Embiid, but it's not even close. And yeah, he's he's been unreal. Like, like there's no there's no weaknesses in his but game. You guys, you guys keep talking about the offense when it comes to Jokic. Like, yeah, we know he's great offensively and Embiid is good offensively. But the difference when it comes to defense and the importance of being an elite defender for a center, it just makes the debate like not even close to me personally. How good has this? Like you can't you can't ignore the fact that Jokic is not levels as a defender compared to Embiid, and then add on the fact that defense for a center is like paramount. It's like it's like buying a car where the brakes don't work. Like it don't matter about anything else. Like the brakes on the car aren't working. So like if you have a center and you're telling me that he's an average defender at best, and then you have another center that is comparable, you can compare him offensively, and his defense is one of the best in the league. Like that's too big of a gap to ignore. I mean, I, I guess I could ask if you were a GM and you're going to build a team around Embiid or Jokic, I'll put my money on the team being built around Jokic to win the championship first. No way. In my because opinion. GMs are going to look at that and say, we've got a big man that can't play defence. Like, it's going to be tough for us to win. But it's not that he can't play defence. He's, service, he's serviceable at worst. He's not a bad defender at all. No, nah, I, I disagree. We're going to wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. So anyone who listened, make up your own mind. Let us know what you think. Uh, tweet the account at Courtside Fracas. Let us know who you think's better out of Embiid and Jokic. Uh, for me, I think it's Jokic, but just only by a little. Damn, um, you guys so... leaving me out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> I had faith in you to defend Embiid uh, well, and I think you did better than Jokic can defend anybody. Anyway, um, <laughs> next <laughs> the next game I want to talk about, actually. Quickly, um, I'm going to deviate from the from the schedule I got here. Um, Shaq, the Heat are still trash. Can we talk about this, please? Quickly, before we before we do this, yeah, everyone state your team so these these don't know. Go on, I want to hear this. It's for the Warriors, bro. <laughs> Next, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. I mean, I mean, we're better than the Heat at the moment, so you know. You're better than who? The Heat. Oh, bro, allow it, man. No, nah, man, look at your record in the East, man. It's, it's you, you can talk about in the East. East. Let, let, in the East, as well. Let's, okay, number one, the East have some of the best teams in the league. So what? we're not gonna do what we're not gonna do is that. Um we can talk about the heat as fine, just understand the transition period that we're going through. Where transition when, when your I best mean, players, to be fair, half their roster was like decimated. Yeah, like we were literally playing runners, we playing silver for 22 yeah. minutes per game. Kelly Linick is getting 25 minutes per game. Jimmy Butler's come back. Obviously, he's getting back into the swing of basketball. He had a um, rest and corona and all these health issues. Um, Avery Bradley's still out. Harkless, thank God, is still out. But, like, Bam... Again, we're trying to play the past six games. We've been, besides Jimmy's return, we've been playing through our centre. Like, Bam has been our best player on the the court. And there's not much you can do about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, 
we have to we have to want to adjust our system to playing like that. We're playing with people starting that don't usually start and getting minutes from like Silver again is getting from nine minutes a game last year to twenty two minutes a game this year so far. Mm. It's it's that kind of transition period that we have to re- re- remember. The team just needs to recoup as their full lineup. Hero was out as well, um, and he's like the best rookie, well, second year in the in the league. Um, Kendrick Nunn was playing in and out, and he's still playing on a tweak as well. So it's minor, but I mean, what the Warriors lost a catch and shoot person, and they're crying about it. But yet, still, it's the Heat that we need to worry about. It's, mm, it's cool. deflection. It's oh, deflection. What, what are your <laughs> what are your expectations for the Heat? Like, where uh, do you think they can, they can end up at the end of the season? Probably like if everyone comes back healthy and we play how we play, um, we're gonna come around about six seed, maybe like I would say six, maybe fifth seed if we're lucky. Then we're gonna go into the playoffs again. People are gonna over overlook us. We're gonna probably up do one or two upsets and come up maybe conference finals. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're two and a half games behind the Hornets who are eighth. So yeah. it's not a it's not an insurmountable lead for the Heat right now. Like we're, we're, yeah. we're gonna get there. Like again, remember, yeah, you'll get there. But we've had like that. nobody. But again, I, again, I would like to see the Milwaukee Bucks again. That was a that was a, a walk in the park. I would like to see the Celtics. I mean, that's light. Mm. What teams do you mm. really? Think? What Ben Simmons? Oh, oh I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not scared. Yeah, the Nets might be able to shoot the free, but that's the only team that really scares me when we have to go and play them when it comes to the when it comes to the um playoffs. So. Again, I'm confident in the team. I'm confident in Spo. Um, in Hero, we trust. But mm. it's fine. Focus on your other divisions. Oh. <laughs> well, what are you guys saying for the playoffs, bro? Uh, don't don't come to me for that, man. I mean, we're calm. It's an average team. Probably get an eight seed. Probably get the playing at worst. It's all right. It? Not it bad. Is. I reckon, Mark. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I want to revisit this, though. I'm going to keep revisiting this every week just to see if the heat get any better. So every What's week... the team, OB, bro? State it. I'm a student of the game, man. Don't worry. The game don't, <laughs> don't like worry, What's your team, bro? Uh, I'm a Knicks fan, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Nets hat ready. I'm ready to... I'll show you in a minute. I'm ready to switch now. I got my Brooklyn Nets hat. Mm. Mm. Lake show, bro. We're here. Come. Speaking of Lake show, it's a good segue. You are the de facto... Like fake Lakers fan on the podcast, uh, they had a game against the Celtics. Uh, Lakers won ninety six to ninety five. Do you have any standout thoughts about that game? Obviously, Tatum and Brown are still killing it, but obviously they could come up with the win. Just to highlight the point of me being a defecto, I've always supported wherever LeBron is, so mm. been a Lakers fan since before everyone else. Um, the game was kind of dry. Like, I feel like this year, like, Anthony Davis, when he can't space the court as much as he wants to, he don't bully as much. Like, against the team against the team with Tice and Tristan Thompson, I would want him to go and get out, get inside and just bully them. Your your skill set is so much more than middies and, and three-point shots. I get the feeling that that's what he likes. Like, he likes to be, like, that aesthetically pleasing player. When... Soft. Their man are soft. <laughs> no, but to, to be to be fair, to be fair, he was bullying the Celtics from from mid range. Like yeah, I can't remember how many he scored. I think it was in the low thirties, and he was just shooting over the top of of everyone. And the yeah, Celtics you know, there comes a time where you just want to see some bully ball from you. Mm. And like he actually he put on weight and like a bit more mass this year as well. Like bully them. Same against. Well, I'm not going to segue away from the game, but in the previous game as well, where like he played the Hawks, like bully John Collins. You're a big man. 
And mm. I want to see him take over the game from the low post as well, as much as maybe shoot your two or three threes a game. LeBron, uh, he he's streaky this year so far. Yeah. He's been he's been cold, but sometimes when your shots not dropping, like passing it passing it out, just just run to the rim. I'd rather see sometimes, but I feel like he's cruising though. Like he's just waiting. Yeah, yeah. I think totally. Yeah, LeBron is LeBron is in cruise is in cruise control. He's out. um. I'm just looking at the box score. AD had 27 or 14 in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 key thing is like the Celtics don't really have great big men, mm-hmm. and they rolled out. You know, Tatum was on him in the first half. Uh, Smart was on him sometimes. Brown was on him, and these are guys that are, you know four or five inches shorter than him. Uh, in some cases so like I get Shaq's point in the sense that you want to see him take him down to the low post but mm. also I think AD played played relatively smart in that game in the sense that um, you don't have to if you don't if it's you know if you, if you can just shoot over the top of someone you know why do you need to take them down to the low post kind of thing um, yeah. the way it's for me it's like in and that then yeah game, LeBron was just cruising like in that game I think he had well he had 27 points right mm. 27, had, yeah. I think he had 14 rebounds as well and in the next game, you yes. have two rebounds. Big yeah. man, seven foot, two yeah, that's bad. It's jarring to see sometimes. I think in that Celtics game, KCP had zero points. And yeah, someone else had one. Correct. I think Schroeder had one or something like that. Like, it was just an off night. Gasol for had one. It was a Gasol. Yeah. yeah. Mm, again, mm, <laughs> like, you... I just want to see more from the team as a playing as a unit. But again, I still give them the whole, you rested 72 days hit cruise control, wait for the big games in the, in the later seasons, mm. get second or first seed if you can, and just win the playoffs again, Like most likely anyway. I, I'm not really paying too much attention to how they perform as a unit during this season. Kyle Kuzma off the bench, though, he's he's looked like he's been trying to play with a purpose, maybe to not get traded because his contract's kind of dead. So mm. I, I like what I'm seeing from Kuzma. I want to see a bit more from Wesley Matthews. Harold looks a bit more in tune as well. Feels like he's trying to ball out a little bit harder as well. You see a little more intent from him. He's mm. decent at the moment, like, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the Lakers are chilling. Like, like they're giving people like Harold like more minutes than maybe he probably would be getting or should be getting if they were like really trying to go at it hard. Um, and like you see like some of the moves that he's doing, and, like some of the like, ISO positions he's getting in. You see the Lakers aren't like the Lakers are just chilling to be honest. Like they're on cruise control. And like when things get a bit tight or the shots not dropping, they might throw in Caruso or that. Like, like the um, Horton Tucker, who are like really good, like defensive players. Um, so I think the Lakers will be fine, man. Like they're they're, mm. they're cool. Mm. We got we've, we got about two weeks until that Lakers Nets game. That's gonna be that cool. That'd be an interesting be game. That work. By the way, just to could be only focus on the Lakers. The Celtics are trash. I was gonna ask. So obviously, Yas touched on it on the main pod on Sunday. So if you want a in, more in depth, if you want a more in depth breakdown of what the Celtics are doing this season, listen to the the episode from Sunday. But um, just open question. Um, does anyone expect anything from the Celtics this year? Because obviously you've got Taylor no. and Brown who are both doing... No? No, not at all. Nah, I mean, I was watching them last I mean... night and, and they're kind of similar to my Warriors in the sense like they're pretty average. Um, they haven't really got any good big men. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just... It's, it's very much like a strength in numbers with them. Like, mm. I think Brad Stevens runs a similar offense or like game to Kerr in the sense that um, he doesn't really like doing like too many pick and rolls. He's really happy to have people who are lesser on the ball, like Kemba, he was shooting badly, but he's happy to have him on the ball and have someone like Brown in the like corner waiting for the open three, even though he's been playing better offensively this year. It's mm-hmm. the same with Kerr, whereas like he doesn't always like having Steph on the ball. 
and he'd rather have maybe someone like Draymond on the ball to like kind of run plays. Um, it's yeah, it's more of like a like collective effort, and their team just isn't that good, isn't that deep. Thompson's been pretty bad. I don't really expect much from the Celtics this year. Um, all the Warriors, but I mean, I think the Celtics are still pretty much in a good position and pretty primed for like two years from now. They can hit some free agents and maybe they can like skyrocket and be like a real contender. I think the the biggest thing about the Celtics, and I mentioned this in in uh, the last episode as well, is that they're they're a perimeter talent based team, but their perimeter talent doesn't outweigh the other perimeter talent based teams. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so their main two in in Tatum and Brown aren't better than PG and Kawhi. They aren't better than the Nets perimeter players, and then they don't have the talent down low to compete with the teams who are maybe uh, front court focused. So. The Lakers are obviously more talented than with, with than them with AD and obviously LeBron. Um, the Sixers have got Embiid. He's going to cause them troubles down low. We've seen that this season already. I think Sabonis is going to give them some troubles if they mm. if they meet in the postseason. And so you're just kind of stuck between, you know, you're not trash, but you're not premier elite. And they're just stuck in that fourth to fifth seed spot in the Celtics, um, in the East. And I think... You know, in order for them to get to the finals, they're going to have to go through teams that are going to exploit their weaknesses. Yeah, I. But my problem with the Celtics is, well, I hate them because I'm a Miami Heat fan, but like you're meant to be that team going to the finals now. Like, what I actually expect of you is to be going to the conference finals, finals this year because that's what your tracker was meant to be. Mm-hmm. But you made some iffy moves here and there, like the Kemba Walker move. You wouldn't predict his injuries too tough. But like, adding to someone to the free agency with Kemba's contract, Jaden Brown's contract, Tatum's, I don't think they're going to have enough room for that, for the talent that they need to take him over that hump of getting past something like the Nets and whatnot. And that's where I think the team's a bit shaky for mm. a while now as well. Fair. So uh, following on from that, the, one of the teams that the Celtics played recently is the Warriors. So, Neil, I want to come to you. Uh, you had two games this week, one against the Pistons and one against the Warriors. Talk us through them. What happened? What went wrong? What went right? Um, Pistons games was a blowout. There's not really much to learn from that. They're like one of the worst teams in the league, to be honest. They're and like, we were, yeah. <laughs> and we were pretty much in cruise control from the beginning. I mean, like people were hitting their shots. We defended well. Yeah, just a standard game against a poor team. Um, mm. The game against the Celtics, we came in with one centre in Looney, whose health that record is pretty poor anyway. And then he went down early. Then after that, we had no centre. We just couldn't get any rebounds. I mean, like, Curry had 11 rebounds. I think Draymond had the same. And then if you look at Wiggins and and um, and you look at Ubre, I think combined they had three. So we just, like, um, we weren't getting any rebounds. Um, um, Ubre, oh, man, I'm not gonna say I'm, so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm sure so I saw bad. a stat that I'm sure I saw a stat that he's like statistically the worst shooter in the league or something, something stupid like that. Yeah, because really, like, really I'm bad. that guy started stupid cold with like one of 28. Um, <laughs> and just like in that game, yeah. All right, so like fine. Um, we started the game and he started pretty well. Um, it was all going good. But then like after that, like I'm towards the end of the game, like I'm down the stretch. There was a period where he missed a dunk, and then he goes back on defense and he overhelps again as usual. And Tatum gets an, he gets an open look from three in the corner, and there you go. Like right, there's like a five point swing, and it's just it's like those sort of plays that like, within like two minutes that the game can just go from you. And he's a sort of, and like he's done that like, three or four times a season. Like 
he's just like such a big passion of the team and he's not really learning. We tried putting him in the second unit. That's not really working out. It's kind of affecting, it's kind of affecting that on Pascal's game as well because he's been pretty poor the last few games. Um, so I think we should like, look into trading him because it's not going to work out with him, to be honest, mm. unfortunately. Could I, but Draymond played like 36 minutes and got two points. Oh, yeah. All right. So, and that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. That was another thing. Like, I mean, he was so bad yesterday. I'm mean, like, offensively, he did nothing. He was chucking up balls to the centre like an idiot. And then he would shout at the player that received, that was receiving the ball. Like to say it was like your fault. It was mm. clearly his fault. But, um, and like, defensively, he was lazy as well. Like he looked a bit of, he looked, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's coming back from COVID, if it's affected his wind or whatever, but he looked a step slow and he just didn't look as sharp and he made a few lazy fouls. Um, and I think maybe he's, he's a bit fed up of covering for like sloppy defensive errors from people like Ubre or just poor team defense in general. But yeah, uh, my defense is bad yesterday, but it's been pretty good in general. I mean, I think since he came back, last 15 games were third in defensive rating, which is pretty good. And I think what we're, we're like 11th overall. So, yeah. but yeah, but like on the Wiggins, I mean, not Wiggins, the Uber thing's going to kill us, man. Nee, I just want to ask you, like, with um, with Draymond, isn't he averaging like four points a year or something like that? Four points a game or something? How I mean, yeah, he, he is. How can so you, like, wait, quickly, I just want to get this, let me get it out. <laughs> that's, that's disgraceful. How can you justify, <laughs> how can you justify, how can you justify four points per game on average? I just, I I listen to me, it. yeah. Isn't this guy on a supermax or a no, max deal like at least? No, 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 he's not, he's not, he's not. I think he's in like a hundred mil, four years, something like that. I think so. Even something true. like that, yeah. It's nothing too crazy. That's 92 mil too much. Oh, I look, yeah, listen, yeah. So since Draymond's come back, as I just said, we're like top five in defensive rating. If you look at the Warriors team, no one would ever expect us to be top five in defensive rating. So his value is clearly there. Like he's a defensive player of the year caliber player. Offensively, he stinks at the moment. He's been very bad for like, a year and a half, two years. Mm. Um, and we're kind of hoping maybe he could do something special and get into like double digits again. Like, um, that'd be great. If he could average like 10 points a game, that'd be fantastic. But um, <laughs> do something special. <laughs> asking for a hundred mil player to get, to get 10 points. Hey man, it's not easy today's NBA, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I get I get it that he like. Obviously, he brings up a value defensively, but like, I'm just, in the words of Mariah, we need buckets, motherfucker. No, nah, we do, we do. It's facts, though. We actually do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Moving on to the next. I think you froze the one. Um, so, I want to talk about the aficionado. Um, is it just me? Is it Obi freezing? Uh, what do you think about the Nets being the best yeah. team and the worst team in the league at the same time? Um, no, but okay, okay. Did you did you cut out? Well, I think he asked about the Nets being, you know, like one of the best offensive teams in the league, and then the Wizards. I'm sorry, the Nets also being one of the the worst defensive teams in the league. Um, did you mention the Nets, the Nets and Wizards game? Oh, I was going to bring lead you on to that, but yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I think really that that really just sums it up. Like offensively, they put up like a hundred and forty something points in regulation, but they gave up <laughs> almost one hundred and fifty points. Like <laughs> that to do nuts. that to do that in regulation, and then the killer is that the Wizards only scored, I think it was thirteen points in the first seven, eight, nine minutes <clears> of the first quarter. So really, you gave up one hundred and thirty points in in thirty eight minutes, which is just 
I mean, they scored less points in the 2018 All-Star game. Like, that is ridiculous. Mm. Um, I know we're going to talk about the, the Clippers versus Nets game a little bit later, so I don't want to steal from that seg- segment, but they played mm. defence with a lot more effort in that Clippers game um, than they did with the Wizards game. I think the Nets just got complacent. They came out of the, of the gate just like storming. They were up maybe 15 or 20 points. And then I switched over to the Sixers-Pacers um, game. I realized Embiid was was out for that game, and by the time I switched back, the score was the the, the Wizards were only down three. Um, mm. And then you know you had Beal who looked like he was throwing a tantrum for the first you know quarter, two quarters. Yeah. Um, he he wasn't really trying, wasn't really giving effort, and he still finished the game with with thirty something points. Westbrook, you know, he his stock jumped like like GME stock last week. Just <laughs> a random <laughs> a random forty point game from Westbrook. We know he's had his struggles. Mm. Um, so far this season, but you know, 37 from Beal, 40 from Westbrook. The the Nets had two players put up 30, and then two players put up 20. So you have six players scored 20 or more, four players scored 30 or more. This was really just a case, um, as I think it was Richard Jefferson that was commentating said, like which team is going to have the ball last is the team that's going to win, and mm. really that that's <laughs> that's what ended up happening. Like the the Nets threw this one away. Obviously, Beal hits that three uh, in transition. Then uh, Joe Harris on the inbounds and he passes it straight to uh, the Wizards and then Westbrook hits that three. And then TLC to, to end the game blows a wide open layup, which I don't know why TLC was even attempting, excuse me, attempting a game winning shot with Kyrie and KD on the team. I mean, I know Kyrie was was inbounding, but, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's one of those, those losses for the Nets that just wakes them up um, mm. and lets them know that, you know, it's anyone can win in any given night in the NBA. Uh, the only person you don't let score 40 points for me is, is Westbrook, bro. Like, the one time this guy wants to show up this season is the game where you want them to get trampled on. Like, I, mm. I was watching the game to see buckets and I didn't want it to happen on both sides of the court. I just wanted to see the, the Wizards just get trampled on again because it's more fun. Mm. But I literally watched the first quarter and I said, this guy is balling. Then I realized they have no one to do any rim protection. <laughs> they have no one that can stop him on the perimeter. The team, as much as it is, they can outscore anybody because of the three players that they have of a cal- like is on a caliber that no one can talk to. But defensively, especially at, like when people say like the playoffs is about defense, when it comes to that stage, there that team is poor. Like you can't get rebounds. Like I know Nii was just saying with Warriors, they don't have a center. I think, well, we're going to talk about the Clippers game later anyway, but, like, Nii seen the Warriors don't have centre, but they didn't have a centre in the last game. It affected their rebounds. The Nets don't have a rebounder. Mm. Allen was their rebounder, and he was kind of poor at it anyway, well, whilst playing for them. Watching that game, Beal wasn't there for the first half, and they were still raining buckets on you, bro. Like, Brooklyn need to maybe let go of one or two piece, and get another little piece. They don't, they don't have anyone they can let go. I know. Like, and that's the thing. Their, their rotation is already, you know, the starting five. You've got Harris Green. Um, TLC plays a little bit. Um, there's the other guy that plays, the one that stinks. <laughs> and then none of the other guys are playing. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is out for the season. Mm. Um, you know, you it's like just... Dinwiddie could hold stock. Little stock. Like, you know... Get Ibaka something for him, like you know. Then it could Ibaka. be 
Like I'm telling you, trade Dinwiddie for for Ibaka. That's his name, Landry Shamit. Yeah, Shamit's poor. He's been bad this year. Yeah. Like they need to get someone who can actually just give them size. KD's the biggest guy on the court. Is there any? Obviously, like I feel like. Well, maybe for, I'll just speak for myself. When obviously Harden, uh, KD, and Kyrie all come together, you kind of think, okay, that's straight away. That's your route to the. They're going to be in the finals regardless. With obviously these defensive displays that they had recently, is there any doubt in anybody's mind that they actually will make it to the finals or not? Or do you yeah. think they'll get it together before then? No, I think I think they'll definitely make some some trades between now and the and the um and the trade deadline, but they have to. DeAndre is is continually getting benched in the fourth quarter because he's a liability defensively. He's just there to to catch lobs offensively. Like when Harden or, or Kyrie drive, especially in the pick and roll, just catch some lobs, you know, finish the game with four dunks, maybe get fouled once. But, you know, if it's a close game, even if it's not a close game down the stretch, he's getting benched. Um, you know, he was benched for that last game before the big trade happened and Allen was starting. Um, so his his stock is 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 very low right now. Mm. Um, I don't know what moves the Nets can make, but they need to make some. Like they could do like trade KD for like Myers Leonard to Miami Heat. Like it's... <laughs> 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 you sound so serious for you sometimes. <laughs> but I think I think other players in the league like are looking at the Nets. Like yeah, we know they can score, but it's also it's hunting season for them, like mm. for the premier offensive players in the NBA. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they go against the Sixers to see Embiid go berserk. I think Sabonis can have a good series against them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for them to win it all with the roster they have. And, you know, both sides of the ball matter. Like, we know offensively they can they can do a madness, but on D, it's, it's, uh, it's not looking good for them. As they are, would you give them a chance in seven games against either the Lakers or the Clippers? Nope. I mean, yeah, I would. I mean, when you say give them a chance, what do you mean? Well, do you think they win? Do you think they win? No. No. Okay. I think they've got a better chance of beating the Clippers. I because, I mean... Huh? I think that's the worst chance they have, you know? Really? Why? Because two of their players are elite wing defenders as well. So you've got PG and Kawhi can lock up or slow down Harden and... And KD, and then you're gonna to have to rely on Kyrie to rain buckets. Did and... you see the game yesterday? Or Joel Harris? Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. And, and, it's fine for them. KD, KD missed two shots. I know, <laughs> and you can't stop KD ever anyway. And, and like, KD there's no locking up KD games in the playoffs. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's where it's like it's it's playoff time. You got to do it for mm. seven seven straight games. Maybe I I would say, boy, I'm I'm go Clippers. Clippers in five. In five, but, wow. I, I, I probably think it'd be like a seven-game series, to be honest. Yeah, I won't say six, but it yeah. sounds like trying to shot. So, six and five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. While we're talking about it, um, Greg, do you want to give us a a little... Um, uh, what's it called? Sorry, I'm completely blanking here. A bit of analysis about the game last night with the Nets and the Clippers. Ooh. I mean, this was a good game to watch. Uh, if anyone that hasn't watched it, uh, the Nets walked away with a four-point victory... Um, you know, KD was just unconscious in this game. I think he went like 11 of 13 from the field. Uh, one for one from, from three-point land, didn't miss a free throw. Harden had a triple-double. Kyrie had like 39 30, points. 39, yeah. Um, mm. 
you know, from the Clippers side of thing, like KD's defense on Kawhi, I thought throughout the game was good. Kawhi still finished with 33. Uh, Batum had a solid game. Paul George uh, had a solid game. Morris played good. Um, and I think this was one of the better defensive er efforts from the Nets so far this season. Um, you know, the Clippers still scored 120 points. So <laughs> you can take that for, for what it's worth. But I think mm. it was interesting. It was good to see them give more effort defensively. Um, it's just, you know, you, you have these close games with the Nets that we've seen so far this season. And then in the fourth quarter, it's just nobody else touches the ball apart from the big three. Yeah. And it's not surprising to see that those three are, are all leading the league in fourth quarter scoring. They're the only three players to be above eight points per game um, in the fourth quarter specifically. Um, and literally, like, it was just the, the KD, Kyrie and Harden show. I mean, Kyrie just took over. You know, I mentioned 39 points. Like, he was just unconscious. Um, and, and, yeah, it's just like, how do you stop? How do you stop those three? You can't double-team mm. three players. So, you know, if you're, if you're focusing on KD, if you're focusing on Harden, you're going to get torched. And that's why I personally think like a series between the Clippers and Nets would be probably like a seven-game series. Because if you look at it yesterday, and that's why I think the Nets have a better chance against the Clippers instead of the Lakers, because um, their weakness is um, like the rim, basically. Like they haven't got like, they haven't really got like a really like elite or good rim protector. Like KD can cover and feel, but he's not gonna do that all game. He was giving you something on the offensive end as well. Um, but because like the Clippers are more of like a jump shooting team, and they take a lot of mid-ranges, um, like PG and Kawhi, like basically like like, they basically eat off that. And you can see that, like, I think it's beginning of the game, they were up by, like, 10 or 13 when Kawhi hadn't missed a shot yet. Like, everything was just, like, everything was going in. And then mm. I think when the Nets were able to get a few stops and Harden was playing some good defense and everyone was active um, and they started missing a few yeah, shots. Yeah, you got to give Harden credit for that. His, his exactly, he yeah. was given good he was effort good. defensively. Yeah, he was good defensively yesterday. Like, I don't think, um, I don't think the Clippers have a big man um, that can really, like, bang in the center like that. Like, if you look at Ibaka and Zubac, I don't think they really have that skill set or they don't necessarily have that will to go and catch lobs like every time. Like, they, haven't really, like, they haven't really got like, a big lob threat in the Clippers. So that's why I think they'd be, it'd be more evenly matched between the Clippers and the Nets. Yeah, Zubac is weak as well. Like when, when he came on the court yesterday, I literally like, oh, this is where the Nets have no big man. He's about that's to... That's what I thought as well. Yeah. And literally, I saw like he gets touched on the shoulder and he's moved. He's... Not it. Ibarco, obviously, we know what he can offer to you in a game. I was impressed with Batum. I think Batum dropped 21 yesterday as well. Yeah, right? He did, yeah, like yeah. five of eight from three. I think something he like that. Off like four, seven from three, maybe five yeah, or eight yeah. or something like that as well. He he had a nice game, but he's been doing that all season as well. Hitting yeah, like one or three. And he was, I think he was a great addition um, to the Clippers. What I would say is, and again, I'm not the biggest fan of his actual game, but you know what he offers you. Pat Beverly changes that game if he's in it. And I think it changes it for the better of the Clippers because he's that nagging person that can disrupt a Kyrie for maybe two or three possessions. So he might not be on 39 points. He might be on 32. Mm. And that's the game one there. And I think in a seven-game series, someone as annoying as him playing can disrupt a team like the Nets. Like, he, he just brings annoyance out of people. He would bring annoyance out of Harden. And when Harden's frustrated, he might even, like, just, just blank out and... They start bricking, and when he hits bricks, the, the bricks are bricking. So, yeah, but then you got KD to pick up the slack. I mean, like yeah, you saw but... KD yesterday, yeah. he, he picks up the ball in the to... flow of play, and like he's not going to miss. You can't guard him. Really, and he's so. and the, none of the, none of the guys are forcing it as well. Like for all yeah, the exactly. talk of Harden and, yeah. and his ISO ball the last couple of seasons, um, which you know I think was being 
forced upon him from Mori and from uh, D'Antoni. Like this season, he's really taken a step back. Even in the post-game interview, was saying like scoring isn't everything. KD yeah. only 13 shots last night. Like he's more than willing to just give Kyrie space because he knows he's going to draw attention and let Kyrie go to work and, and score 40. So it's, it's interesting that you have these three guys that we all know can be 30-point-per-game scorers, um, but none of them are... They're almost like playing hot potato, like, you take it, no, you take mm, it. Yeah. I, li- I like the look of the Nets to an extent, the, I, but I feel like the Clippers are just a bad matchup for them in the long haul of a playoff series. Mm. Lakers as well, obviously... If you ain't got rim protection, AD LeBron, boy. Yeah, they're, they're going to absolutely destroy it's the Nets in this year. Boy. But again, the thing for the Lakers is if the three-point shot ain't raining, they always try and force it, really and truly. They never stop shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers, I think they just play some somewhat smart ball. And I feel like the playoffs will be a good place for them to play against the Nets. Obviously, they're not going to get there. And neither will the Nets because it's going to be Miami Lakers again. But mm. like... <laughs> We just, I feel like if it does get to that, um, I feel like the Clippers would win it. I'd rather the Nets, though. But yeah, fair enough. Okay, and with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. Greg, Shaq, Nee, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, anyone listening, follow us on Twitter at Courtside Fracker. Um, tweet us any of your opinions. Yo, kid, best in beach. Uh, yo, kid, best in beach. <laughs> yo, kid, best in beach. <laughs> Um, what you think about how badly the Heat are doing this season? Is Draymond <laughs> bum? <laughs> Will the Nets make it to the finals or do they need some more defensive protection? And yeah, we'll see you next time. Peace. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.